Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Back here on the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. I'm Chip Patterson. And man, oh man, we are starting with bowl season. It is uh, something that I think Barton College football junkies have never said that there are too many bowls. I would count myself among those. And I I think that as we enter, you know, we're going to start to preview these games. Yes, there are going to be a couple of matchups where the sell is going to have to be pretty hard, but we got some good ones. We're going to get you through uh, the first couple of days of the bowl season here today with our locks. Um, How are you doing, Barton? Uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm playing injured. Again, I feel like I'm always playing injured. You're never playing injured. And I'm always playing injured. I'm like the guy at the, you know, in the training room that knows all the trainers' families and uh, has ice pack or heat pack or stretch or massage at all hours of the day. Like I'm just, so I've I had a rough rough go of it this morning and last night. I'm I'm down in uh, Montgomery, Alabama for the Alabama Mississippi All Star Game, uh, and uh, but I'm I'm plugging through it before I got before I got on the on the injured reserve list, I, I, I did all my research and, uh, have some conviction. So I feel, I actually feel, you know, I don't feel good from a health standpoint, but I feel pretty good from a, from a picks standpoint. Yeah, we are picks, all, picks are we, we are also missing, uh, Tom Fernelli for this first edition of the locks pod, but don't worry. I do have his locks in a sealed envelope and, uh, we will be getting him back shortly. It is not expected to be uh, an absence that will be any, any extreme length of time. So uh, we look forward to getting Tom back, but we will still have his locks for you. So the the one thing that we wanted to get into before we actually uh, unhatched these locks, put them on the on the card for the competition, um, is is just the idea of motivation. And like Barton, I find it interesting that we. We can put together, and we did put together, an entire bowl betting guide at CBS Sports. We're talking six numbers to know, all of the yards per play, all of the turnover margin, third down conversion percentage, and you know you can crunch every number. We can go to S&P Plus, but at the end of the day, when we're picking these bowl games, a lot of it's going to come down to motivation, and I think that when we look at the coaching carousel, I think that when we look at some of the comments from the coaches and the players, we take NFL draft into consideration. It is it is far more of an art than a science once we get uh, into the postseason. There's there's no doubt about it, and uh, whoever best navigates the the motivation factors at play is going to win bowl season. That's the key. You know who wants to be there. Uh, it's sometimes it's hard to figure out who wants to be there. It's not always, not always so obvious. So yeah, we'll go through that Mo- motivation. Uh, outside factors like whatever you want to call it i mean motivation is 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 a little all-encompassing in the way we're approaching it but uh distractions also uh, as we were working on our pre-show uh that was another one you threw out there but that's that i think that that's going to be an important important aspect to all of our bull locks yeah i agree yep so um do you want do you want to just dive in and we can go let's let's start at the back and work our way forward. Okay. For well, I guess for for motivation, we'll just get go through. Well, them all. And, and let's 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 give a uh, 
let's give so here's how we're doing this. This show uh, starts obviously with the Auto Nation Cure Bowl in Orlando, and we will the last game we'll pick is the Gasparilla Bowl on 12 December 20th. And so well, that's about, what, seven or eight games that we'll pick. And then uh, next week's show, we'll start with the Bahamas Bowl and end with the Texas Bowl. So you're, we're going to pick – we're going to talk about all the bowls. Uh, but this this first chunk is basically the first week of bowl games. Um, so I don't know. Let's, let's, why don't we just start from, uh, start from the top. We'll go through the motivations, and then we'll get to our picks. Okay, so the alternation – yeah, 100%. Uh, Autonation Cure Bowl in Orlando. This is, uh, I believe, a CBS Sports Network game. So shout out to the mothership. We've got Tulane against Louisiana. And uh, so first for the Green Wave, what was what's what's standing out to you when you're looking at Willie Fritz as uh, as he leads this team? I mean, just you know, we I think we had talked about them when we were wrapping up our win totals, but uh, real strong finish to the season for Tulane after what looked like it was going to be a little bit of a step back at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think both these teams, Tulane and, and Louisiana, are are really excited to be in this game. They're really excited to be bowling. Uh, they both finished strong. The, the, the one motivation, distraction, uh, whatever you want to call it, that I sort of point to that could be a factor is they did fire their offensive coordinator. Um, just about a couple weeks ago. And so is that a good thing for uh, an offense that will be a little bit tougher to prepare for? Also, I think it's interesting that the, the offensive coordinator that they hired to replace him is a guy named Will Hall, who was at Memphis this past year, but in 2017 was the offensive coordinator at Louisiana. So we've so, got some institutional knowledge of the roster right now. Got, We've got some institutional knowledge. Yeah. Uh, so how much do you, you know, how much weight do you want to put on that? I, that that's up to you. He's not actually the, the, you know, the, the interim offensive coordinator is like their offensive line coach for this game. But Will Hall will be involved in preparation and around the program. So, yeah, just a little, little something to, little something to gnaw on there if you're thinking about Tulane. I will put more stock in the institutional knowledge than I will based on the offensive coordinator change because Willie Fritz, uh, I I always imagine and assume, and correct me if you think differently, but I always imagine and assume he's going to have his hands pretty deep into the offense. I would think so. Yeah. Um, so. And then the, the other thing that I, I found was so interesting about this, Willie Fritz, you know, so much success at Georgia Southern at the FCS level and, and just – you know, he's got 169 career wins. This is his first time in an FBS bowl game. Now, it's not like he hasn't been in the postseason, but you know, a little bit of a different, you know, navigating the FCS playoffs is very different than everything that goes into uh, the bowl experience. So it'll be, you know, his first time of laying out that plan and, and figuring out how he wants to deliver his message and lead his team. At the same time, Billy Napier, you know, this is his first time ever being the head coach. Also, his first bowl appearance. I, I'll say, I'll say this. I think that Billy Napier's time with the likes of Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban, like I wonder if the notes that he's picked up there, maybe, just maybe, might give him a slight edge at least in terms of bowl schedule prep. Yeah. Well, the one I will say this 
also, though. He's not used to playing in bowls on December 15th. Uh, Fair. Alabama, Fair. Clemson. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. And, and yes. Yes. 100%. Read this week, like, he apparently, like, they, they have practiced very little in, in the lead up to this. It's been light work, um, limited practice because they've been so focused on recruiting. Uh, and, and, you know, early signing periods approaching. And so, I don't know, maybe that means that translates to his players being fresh. Maybe that translates to them being rusty. But, and, and I understand this approach. Like, on a December 15th bowl game, you almost have to make a decision. What am I going to prioritize more? And whether you win the Auto Nation Cure Bowl is, is not going to be something that uh, impacts your long term health as a coach but if you get a really good recruiting class it will and so mm. it, i i i don't you know i'm hey I, it's just something to think about that's just that's another factor uh to weigh if, if in case anybody's toying with this game oh yeah that's that this this one's loaded with intrigue right now <laughs> um i i like the way that louisiana i like the way that louisiana fought and the way it played in that sunbelt championship game uh, we'll we'll get to more of that later once we actually start unhatching our picks. Uh, we go from there to Albuquerque, New Mexico, to Dream Style Stadium. It's it's going to be the chances for this thing to be wide open. Uh, Utah State, North Texas, all of the head coaching carousel intrigue with this one. We've got for Utah State, Matt Wells leaves and he takes the job at Texas Tech. We've already announced that Gary Anderson will be back as the new head coach, so I would expect him to be lurking around somewhere. Um, defensive line coach is going to be your interim head coach. North Texas almost lost lost Seth Luttrell to Kansas State. We touched on it a little bit in our conversation earlier this week, but he decides to stay. Do you go plus or minus from the player motivation perspective considering that on one side you're fired up that he's going to be there, and on the other side you almost wonder if his decision to come back it was the second option. I mean, this is a huge advantage to me for set for North Texas. And uh, you can look at it from the motivation standpoint, the emotions of it. Hey, our coach is back. He believes in us. Let's roll. Um, but even more so than that, I think on the Utah State side of this, they're – Listen, they're a good team, and they're they're they've had a great year, and and no one's taken that away from them, and they'll probably be good regardless of who their coach is. But I think the preparation you can't you can't deny the challenges in this preparation leading into this game. I mean, they've got a skeleton staff they're working with. David Yost, the offensive coordinator, is calling the plays, but you gotta you gotta be very concerned about how much is this staff, whatever is left of the the Utah State staff, because he's taken pretty much everybody over to Texas Tech with him. You know, how much have they really had a chance to prepare and, and, and really dig into the game plan and really uh, go all in? Um, whereas, because again, early signing period is approaching and Utah State is not recruiting the same guys that Texas Tech is recruiting. They got a lot of work to do. And so that is, I think, something to uh, to, to absolutely keep an eye I think that's worth considering. Hmm. Mm. logs on the fire getting shuffled around in chips bin right now <laughs> uh is david yost going to texas tech don't let me talk you into any of these now okay because i i you know hey you, you, the, you that's the thing is like i remember last year 
yeah, David Yost is going to Texas Tech, but he's but he's sticking around for to be the OC for this game. I, I mean, I remember last year whether it was, you know, Missouri against Texas or or I mean, there was last year was the was an all time year for coaching staffs on the move and bowl games with a skeleton staff or bowl games and it it was hard to predict which ones were going to have a bigger a, a big impact and which ones was were just sort of um, a, a, a minor distraction uh, because the team was just sort of ha- had galvanized and was the had the right culture and it didn't matter who they're, you know GAs could be calling the plays and they'd be okay so I don't want to I don't want to talk you into out of anything here I'm just putting I'm just putting all the info out there I believe that that game and no I don't want I don't want to tease too much but I'm very very excited for the potential for offensive explosion and if Utah State comes out there and all of a sudden the offense that averaged 47 points per game, Jordan Love, who was a top 10 quarterback in terms of touchdowns and yards, if that if that Utah State offense, which won 10 games in a row and only lost to Michigan State by seven and at Boise State, like I, I feel like you were dismissing Utah State a little bit. And I understand skeleton staff, but that team's played too well. If they lay an egg, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> hey. Like I said, this is who's the best translator of 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 eighteen to twenty two year old motivation. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, let's go to Las Vegas for uh, a game that always gives us some entertainment. Pac twelve Mountain West matchup. This year we get the Mountain West champion Fresno State going up against Herm Edwards. Hello, and the Arizona State Sun Devils. How how in the world do we handicap a Herm Edwards? Because I take uh, coaches' bowl records into pretty strong consideration. With some of these newer coaches, we don't have a, a body of work or a career that we can point to. Um, but you know, I've as as I've had to make my picks for every single bowl game. It's definitely something I lean on. How how do we handicap Herm Edwards leading a college football team in a bowl game? Uh, Herm's taken the the team on like a Griswold style family vacation to this game. They got like six buses. They're just bussing out. They're they're stopping to see some sights, talking about a, a milkshake stop. He's he's really excited about. He's gonna you know show the guys the best milkshake. Like it's it's a very uh, it's a family it, vacation it's, kind of family, feel. It's family. It's a family vacation. Um, but I mean, obviously the. The two points uh, of note, I think, on the Arizona State deal is one: Nikhil Harry's out. Right. Um, I think he's got about a thousand yards receiving, and the three, the number two, three, and four receivers have about a thousand yards receiving combined. Um, and Herm's talking about playing a bunch of young guys, like a bunch of the freshmen that hadn't played this year, that have you know no concerns about burning a red shirt. He even talked about playing some Dylan Sterling Cole, who's the backup quarterback. I don't know what that means, um, but I don't know how to. I don't know what how to read that. I don't know how to translate that. But just of note, that good or bad, Arizona State appears to be on a family vacation, willing to play the young guys. Herm Edwards at times this season, and remember that like they were. You know, they had they had the win against Michigan State, but then they also kind of had baffling losses. Even within the game, their performance was kind of all over the place. Once they got into the the Pac-12 schedule, and I will I will give you know this is something all all the coaches not all the coaches many coaches love to say that you know they never get too high, they never get too low. 
I would not be surprised if winning the game. Yeah, I, I know he's the one who said you play to win the game, but it, I would not be surprised if if getting getting in some good work might be in his heart of hearts as much of a priority as anything else. Going up against a very well coached and strong Fresno State team. Yeah, and there's the element of Manny Wilkins too, of last game senior leader, been been a you know kind of a winding road for him. Yeah. Uh, emotional game so there's there's some of that in there too sprinkle a little, little motion in there uh jeff tedford also by the way six and three in bowl games pretty good pretty good uh to the camellia bowl montgomery alabama we got georgia southern against eastern michigan and uh in in our preparation i need you to explain this because i haven't looked it up yet so eastern michigan did a destiny's child say my name bowl video Eastern Michigan is jacked up for this Sick. <laughs> they, uh, they, when they got bowl eligible, you can find it on Twitter. It's out there. You just, I don't know, t- t- look for Eastern Michigan football Twitter account. Uh, they released a video where uh, the head coach is saying, hey, you know, after an exciting year, um, we're, you know, won seven games or six games, whatever they won, and, and now we're excited for the bowl selection committee too. And it cuts to all the players like dancing and lip-singing to Destiny Child's Say My Name. Uh, they also had a big like ceremony where to, to select, to, to find out what bowl game that they were in, they were taking cinder blocks of the teams, that, of the bowls that didn't pick them and, and smashing, smashing them, <laughs> and and the in the build up to that, uh, as they were walking out to to partake in that ceremony, the coaches were like above them, uh, in the, in the uh, above the tunnel, walking out to the stadium, and they dumped ice water or coolers of water on them as as like a you know post game cooler celebration. Like they're they're all the way jacked for this thing, and so that that. You got to look for things like that. Who wants to be there? Eastern Michigan, I, I feel confident in saying they, 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 they very much are, are going to enjoy their time in Montgomery, Alabama. Who among college football fans would be able to pick out Chad Lunsford out of a lineup? I don't know that I could. <laughs> I'm being honest. I know. I mean, I know who he is. I know he's a good coach. I know he's done a heck of a job at Georgia Southern. Uh, and, yeah, I can't honestly tell you that i could confidently if he was walking by me in the streets of montgomery this week that i would uh, i would notice him this game has some some uh this game has some some fighting some battling principles for me which I, we will get to uh, a little bit later uh, the new orleans bowl which i i find it's interesting i feel like the new orleans bowl had a deal with the Sun Belt where if louisiana or ulm finished like within three games of first place, they automatically went to the new Orleans bowl. Like it was the hand, kind of handshake agreement. Whereas like if bowl eligible, then to the new Orleans bowl. But now that the Sunbelt has a actual outright champion, not just a, a shared champion or a co-champion, the outright champion, whoever gets the Sunbelt belt goes to the new Orleans bowl. So that means Appalachian state by beating Louisiana headed to new Orleans. But We've got uh, we've got news actually breaking right now uh, at this 
here in this moment because uh, Scott Satterfield, we already talked about that one. He went on to um, Louisville. Appalachian State just told the interim coach, who the defensive line coach, former App State alum, like the promoting internally trained that I think I suggested – that is not going to be the option. They are bringing in Eli Drinkwitz, offensive coordinator from NC State. So, like, Barton, I'm I'm looking at App State, and I'm kind of wondering what the mixed team player emotions are when your coach, who has been your coach, and the guy who has, you know, wanted to be the new head coach, is uh, he just found out right before the game, it ain't going to be me. And the athletic director even held a team meeting and told him, it ain't gonna be him, so I'm I'm a little bit worried about my Mountaineers in this spot. Well, yeah, and the the bulk of the staff at App State is at Louisville now, and they're ranked 136 in the country in recruiting. So they're hard at work. They they don't have time to be messing around over there. So you know, sometimes it's hard to kind of get a sense for where the who all is sticking around or who all's coaching through the bowl game well I, I feel pretty confident in saying that the app state staff doesn't have time to be coaching through the bowl game they got early signing period is coming and they got a lot of ground to make up so yes that is of note um no coaching staff for app state skeleton coaching staff for app state also this is the last game uh between father and son coach and quarterback tandem Rick Stockstill and Brent Stockstill. Brent's like 25 years old. He he's he's been at MTSU forever, and they are a very they're very close, very tight, uh, and it, there'll be some emotions in this one. So it'll be. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you saw the after the MTSU CUSA uh, loss, CSU Ch- CUSA championship loss. Uh, Rick Stockstill was extremely emotional uh, for not uh, not being able to pull it out for his guys, uh, not being able to win it for his first team and players. So something, something to keep an eye on there. Mm, something to keep an eye on indeed. All right, to the Boca Raton Bowl where we've got a UAB against Northern Illinois. This game has like like – I don't even think anyone has a reason to doubt the motivation for the UAB Blazers in this spot. Yeah, no, of course, yes, that is true. Um, <laughs> this is like that's the only the only negative that I might put against them is just wondering if they're too hyped, which is possible, but I don't think I would factor that into my pick. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, the UAB story obviously is a good one, but beyond that, I don't. I didn't dig up too many other significant motivation points uh, that I'm aware of. Uh, Northern Illinois has lost five straight bowl games yikes <laughs> yeah that's like the i i consider that almost a little bit of a plus motivation just because the like sutton smith the the senior on that team who's been a all-america caliber player for the last two to three years and the rest of that senior class you know they are just so sick of losing in these bowl games yeah yeah that's that's they're due. Yeah. They certainly do. Um, Frisco Bowl, San Diego State, and Ohio. Is this? I this is not at the top of my uh, most watchable games. <laughs> uh, no, no, I wouldn't think so. Um, 
but and and not not one that I've I've got this is another one I don't really feel like I've got a lot of insight into what the motivating factors are here for these two teams. Um, so I, I, this is just going to have to be a pick on the pick on the field, not not on the on the mentality for me. That one, uh, as I dug into the especially the San Diego State side. Uh, they have been real banged up this season, and I don't know if that's a, you know, the way that I I look at that is on one side, you know, you're starting to get healthy, all all the players that have missed some of those games down the stretch, maybe with a little bit of extra time, then you know they they might be able to get back out there, or have you just run out of steam and even be being able to hold this thing together to make a bowl game ends up uh, being you know, just, just a, a reward as it is. And, and for Ohio, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to, it's tough for me based on what we saw in college football this year. And, um, and it'll be a little bit of a theme and I apologize because I'm sure it'll make people angry, but it's just tough for me to trust Mac teams. It is. I agree with that. I I mean that's that one's styles make fights. Both these teams are going to run the ball, and both of these teams are going to defend the run. It's it's going to be an absolute rock fight. So looking forward to that. Uh, on to the Gasparilla Bowl. We're in Tampa. We got Marshall against South Florida. Um, yo, South Florida, they are just like. Do you think that as they're playing in this game? They're already thinking about getting back to their Fortnite game at their dorm. That's what I'm saying, man. This is their <laughs> this is their backyard, literally. I mean, this is their home. I think they're playing in their home stadium, aren't they? Yes. Uh, and I mean, I guess that could be nice to family come and sleep in their own bed, or you know, I don't know. They're probably sleeping in hotels, but it's the the excitement is not quite the same as as maybe Marshall's might be, and. Maybe bigger deal. Uh, their offensive coordinator Sterling Gilbert is out as the McNeese State head coach. He won't be coaching the game. Uh, not sure who's going to be calling plays. Even Blake Barnett. It feels like he's still kind of unclear whether he's playing. Um, so there's there's some South Florida um, there's some South Florida distraction, negative motivation in play. I think. Uh, I felt like I got a chance to take the temperature of the motivation of Marshall when they got thrown into a rescheduled game against Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech, if you remember, was on the verge of uh, not being bowl eligible for the first time in more than two dozen years. And they came out, and Justin Fuente and Ryan Willis, like they made it clear early that they were going to win that game, sort of put it on them. But the little bit... Of temperature that I take away from this was that after that, all that at the very end of the game, fourth quarter, they kept fighting and they kept clawing back. And so I will award some points because that was, you know, they were already bowl eligible. Marshall was already bowl eligible. It was for Marshall, mostly a meaningless game. And when I see that uh, continued dedication to pushing it, that makes me think like, hey, all right, you know, this this is a group, and this is, that has been listening to Doc Holliday, and and they believe that there is something to be earned, even in exhibition or otherwise, like low stakes college football here in the month of December. I like that. I like that observation, Chip uh, Patterson. That's a, that's a, that's that is a good addition to the uh, to to little hint little hint on who I like there. Mm. 
Okay. Yes. All right. We will uh, get to the locks right after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. All right, time to lock it up. Um, here we go. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point, every cover. I will let you start first, Barton. First well, let's lock. Let's go. I'd say let's go. Let's go um chronological do you have a play on auto nation cure bowl i do or does or does fornelli he did oh he does not all right so you said you do i do all right what you got i'm locking up louisiana i like i like what i saw in uh against appalachian state um i'm a little bit nervous when you uh discuss these light practices but in a when when i've got a you know, a, co- a first-year coach who's been able to have some success, and he gets that team to a bowl game. Sometimes I can I can rock with, uh, you know, this is going to be a group that really has their eyes on the future and is trying to continue to build something. I got them at plus three and a half. I think that they can be the outright winner. And when I've got uh, a field goal and a hook, I'm going to favor the underdog in this spot. So I'm go. I'm locking up the Raging Cajuns plus three and a half. Uh, okay. I am cool with that pick. I'm, I'm scared of this game. I just don't really. I, I don't feel like I have a good sense on who wins this game. I'm. I think both these teams can actually score on each other, and so I'm. A, I'm a little bit tempted to take the over, but both teams also run the football a lot. Could could grind out some clock. Uh, so I'm just gonna sit this one out. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I've got a little little over temptation, and and I'm okay with your with your Louisiana pick. Yeah, I mean, if if you think that in so many of these games, you know, what are we looking at? Spreads between three, three and a half, four, six, seven, seven and a half. If if you think that team can uh, can get it done on the field, give me the candy. Yeah, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of. A lot of taking points in bowl season. All right, we got for North Texas, Utah State. What you got? You got any any locks here? I'm in on this one. I, I like North Texas plus seven and a half. Mm. I, I mean, we I talked about. It. I do think that that's going to be a factor with the the motivation meter that we were were, were gauging. Uh, with all you know, coaching staff gone. Um, coaching staff is still there, being a little bit distracted and 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 having a. Uh, having some work to do uh, beyond just game planning. Um, Latrell, I think, coming back is 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 big. And I got I haven't even fact checked this. I can't remember where I saw this or heard this. Um, North Texas hasn't trailed by more than one possession all year long. Does that sound even possible? That's that's a fantastic stat. I but believe that's, it. That's what that's what I've been led to believe. 
And also, uh, and by the way, this is a seven and a half is more than one possession, basically. And, and also, Utah State, one thing of note about this Utah State run, this 10-win run they've been on this year, their strength of schedule, according to S&P Plus, 128th in the country. I mean, that's... They played Michigan State. How is that possible? Because everyone else they played is horrible, and which is a little, it is a little weird to see because the Mountain West is not considered a bad conference, but they just, they kind of had the bad side of the conference, I guess. Yeah. Um, but... So, I mean, look, there's only two teams in the country that played an easier schedule than them. That, that to me, can, can uh, dilute that 10 wins a little bit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the points, pick North Texas, and I think North Texas could, could sneak up and win this thing. Man. All right. Well, first of all, lock agreement from Fernelli. Okay. He's in on North Texas. And lock fight with Chip. Wow. <laughs> here's what I'm thinking. This line opened at 11 before the Matt Wells news. And I just think we've had a little bit of an overreaction. Um, the things that stand out to me are that one of the things that made Utah state really, really good was not just Jordan love and one of the high scoring offenses in the country, but also the fact that they were one of the top, I think they were number two or three in the country in defensive touchdowns and their kickoff and punt return was among the best in the country. And it's, you know, in these games that can get a little bit loose, I I think that I like, you know, having having some of that defensive staff still in place and thinking that a Utah State team that can create some explosive plays, not just on offense, but with its defense and special teams, that sounds to me like hidden yards. That sounds to me like hidden points. And then, yeah, I'm feeling like I, I probably should have pulled up S&P strength to schedule when I made this assumption. But I just – Utah State was a really, really good football team this year. And, and North Texas was an explosive Conference USA team that beat up on the teams it should have beat up. I just – I, I don't. I look at uh, the difference between these two teams as being probably closer to ten points. And w- as it's continuing in to drop, following the Matt Wells news, I think I'm just riding with uh, the infrastructure that was put in place. Uh, yeah. I mean that that's that's fair. Uh, I, I think if North Texas had played Utah State's schedule, that they, they probably would have looked the same. I think. I think you know North Texas when you look at. I mean, they got a chance to win ten games for like the second time in program history. Um, there's some there's some motivation here. So, there's, and listen, it is a reckless pick on my part. I 100 <laughs> percent recognize it. It is this one is like, uh, you know, we talk about art and science, head and heart. Like, forget head, forget heart. This one is all gut. This one you're is going, just you're going anti public. Yes, yes. So that's got to make you feel feel you know a little bit encouraged. I just that is a huge swing without a major change. How about this? I'm just I'm acknowledging a huge swing without a major change in on the field personnel. Okay. The the 18 to 22 year olds that are out there for the Utah State Aggies, I'm trusting you to go out there and get it done. Could be uh where I take an L. We'll see. All right, on to uh that that very very interesting and intriguing Las Vegas Bowl, Arizona State and Fresno State. Do you have a lock? I do. Uh, I am playing. Let's see. Let me make sure I got the, the correct number here. I am playing. 
I can't find it. What's the total in this game? Oh, are you on the uh, under? 53? Is that is that F- what you're seeing? 53 and a half. 53 and a half. I'm going under. Lock agreement. 53 and a half. All right. Yeah. Uh, so my thought process here is, first of all, Danny Gonzalez, the Arizona State defensive coordinator, he came from San Diego State where he was a defensive coordinator there. They run a 3-3 three, three stack, like a 3-3-5 three, three, defense that is a little bit tricky to defend. Um, Fresno State against his defenses at San Diego State uh, scored 327 and 23 points. Um you know that not not shut out, but but they're not gonna. I, I don't anticipate them being able to put up a ton of points on these guys. Arizona State's without Nikhil Harry. We talked about how much of a chunk of the passing offense that Nikhil Harry encompasses. Fresno State has the number nine defense in the country, according to S and P Plus. And Fresno State has this this line is this number is four, 53, 53 and a half. They've in, in the whatever, 12 games they played, 13 games they played, uh, they've gone over that total three times. Jeez. One of them was against Idaho where they scored 70 points on their own. Um, and another one was against Hawaii where they scored 50 on their own. So I just don't think this is going to be a back-and-forth game. I think this is going to be a low-scoring, uh, really and, – and Arizona State's defense is pretty good too. And they got some really young players that are coming on and, and came on this year. So I, yeah, I, I, I got sucked into the under here. I, I look at Jeff Tedford and Herm Edwards as two coaches that are more than happy to play a gentlemanly game with a lot of field position. I agree, yeah. I think both these coaches are more than happy to rely on their defenses. I think we see a lot of punting from the 45, a lot of trying to pin the other team. Um, and then, and if, if you want anything else, Arizona state, like Arizona state has Eno Benjamin, who is very, very good. And in the running game, able to provide some balance to the Manny Wilkins, Nikhil Harry passing attack. But Nikhil Harry was just like the easy button for Arizona state in the red zone. And without Nikhil Harry, I think it totally changes the math of how you defend Arizona state in the red zone. And that just only at, for a Fresno state defense that is exquisite already, I think that that changes the math and, and leads to, you know, some threes instead of sevens, which are also going to contribute to that under. Uh, so lock agreement on the under. I've got another lock on this, and it's a lock fight with Fernelli. Ooh, talk to me. Fernelli's on Arizona State. He uh, he sent it to me last night at plus four. I guess I'll give him plus five. That's a that's a that's a testy number. It's a uh, how, how do you want to play this? Because he sent it in at four. It's now up to five. Do we give him five and me four? I think I just have to take five, and he gets it too. Um, I mean, I'm seeing some four and a halves out there. You know? Do you want to split, split the difference? Split the difference at four and a half? Okay. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Jeff Tedford, six and three in bowl games. And this Fresno State team does not have a lot of uh and like it's they don't have anybody sitting out for the NFL draft and I've in this bowl game man I can't like last year it was Boise State Oregon and it was kind of a crazy game I just I like 
the mountain I normally as a principal if if I like the Mountain West team in the Las Vegas Bowl I will almost always side with it because it feels like the um the the non-conference basketball game where you're going to play Kentucky right you know the the chance to be able to to take a big swing at a power 5 opponent and I as as a as a bit of just conference wide and and big brother little brother type motivation if the Mountain West team is good then I will normally take it against the spread against the Pac-12 team and this Fresno State team what they showed here over the last you know special last couple weeks of the season being able to win the Mountain West that gives me confidence I get it under a touchdown I think it's going to be low scoring I mean we might see 27-21 I guess it's, maybe that's like as about as as high scoring as I see it getting so I'll, I'm also going to lock up Fresno on this one uh, obviously Tom does not have as much confidence in uh, in in my beloved Bulldogs as he's going with the Sun Devils right here. For what it's worth, I I, I would be on your side for this one as a lean. If I, if I had to make a play, I would play Fresno. All right. Um. Okay. What do you, <laughs> do you have a Georgia Southern Eastern Michigan lock? I do. Wow. What is it? I do. Uh, I am. I am leaning heavily on. Twitter say my name and say my name <laughs> destiny child destiny's child lip syncing has, has really influenced me in a big way i am going eastern michigan plus two and a half uh i mean this uh, i'm in montgomery right now i am in montgomery alabama it, it is it is uh underwhelming they're, Eastern Michigan's coming from Ypsilanti, Michigan, and they're going to look at Montgomery, Alabama, and it's going to be like the dang Bahamas. I mean, they're going to be so fired up to be here in Montgomery that it isn't going to matter that Montgomery doesn't really have a whole lot to offer. Sorry, sorry, Montgomery folks. Um, this is they're, they're they're juiced, they're psyched, and that's sometimes you just got to play a play on motivation and motivation alone. I feel confident, and it's not as if, um, you know, it's not as if there's a lack of motivation on Georgia Southern. I just think Eastern Michigan's—they're they're juiced to be here. So give me, give me Chris Creighton's crew at plus two and a half. Oh my gosh, Gatorade baths, walking out of the tunnel, man. This, this. Yeah, that's a great call. I'm not going to jump on it now for the the purposes of our competition, but allow me to add my full endorsement to the listeners. <laughs> uh, not only to to back Eastern Michigan here, but uh, to be going on, to be going on and uh, and checking out the Eastern Michigan football Twitter account where they've yes. just yes, dig in. Oh my Have goodness. Fun. <laughs> I just I just pulled it up and it's incredible. After we get done recording, I'm gonna have to spend some time with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now now I'm more excited to watch that game. Now I'm actually rooting for Eastern Michigan in a way. You got yeah. to. Yeah. You know, anyone anyone that's that's anyone is getting this excited about what are we calling this game? What is this? Uh, the uh, the Camellia Bowl. The Camellia Bowl. The Camellia Bowl. They're 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 they are fired the freak up about the camellia bowl so i I respect that 
give me them points. All right, on to uh, to New Orleans and the uh, R and L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. I hope I think they're still uh, the sponsors there. Uh, Middle Tennessee Appalachian State. Uh, the spread opened at seven and a half since the Satterfield news and everything else has dropped to six and a half. Tom does not have a lock on this. I do have a lock on this. Uh, do you? I do not. I'm going to ride middle plus the points. I think they win outright. You got it. What? Six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I, here's, I, I really struggled with this one because I think Appalachian state is a, is clearly a better team. Not, not that middle can't compete, but I think Appalachian state's a better team. And, and yet I think it's a big deal that their coaching staff won't be there. And I think, MTSU is is going to be really emotional and really uh, really focused and zeroed in on on sending Brent Stock still out in style, who's meant a whole lot to that program. So I I guess I guess yours is the right side. I think yours would be the side I would be on. But it's it scares me because I do think App State is not some fluky mid major ten win team. I think they're I think App State's really good. I think App State's really really good. I I would also not hate an over in this play. You know, we're going to be playing in the dome on artificial turf. Got a couple offenses that can get up and get rolling. So, uh, that's two good defenses, though. These are also good defenses. Fair. So, it's a hard to, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, hard to know what to do when you got two good offenses and two good defenses. Two good teams. Uh, all right. So, middle plus six and a half for Chip. No, uh, no picks from Tom and no locks, at least from Barton. On to Boca Raton, UAB and Northern Illinois. Uh, do you have a lock on this one? I do not. I love Tom's lock here. Oh, what does he got? Under? Under 43 and a half. Nice. I mean, it is fair to wonder if this line should be set at 39. Neither yeah. neither of these teams go about their business with a whole lot of pace. Yeah, this... Um these are two teams that are very content winning a game 23 to, you know, 15 or something stupid. Uh, yeah, that, that makes, I feel like that is a very on brand pick for Tom and not surprising and probably, probably smart. Um, what's your, if I like, if I had a lean here, I am leaning UAB because of again my my fade Mac 2018 19 postseason principle, like I I think that the principle that I'm rocking with right now is fade the Mac except in situations where Butch Davis is involved, and we'll get to uh, that on another podcast actually. Okay, all right, that's a little, little teaser there. I'm yeah. Interested in that one. But uh, yeah, no. So I'm if if I if if I pick a side here, I'm going UAB at two and a half. You hope for the field goal win, but I am not going to play this. And I would I, because I think that the two and a half, you got to think takes into consideration the fact that UAB is just a more attractive bet, right? Uh yeah, I would think UAB is probably going to be a popular public bet. I agree. Just going for the motivation there. And, and I'm just as I as I say that I just looked it up. It look it appears to me. That there's 93 percent of the the public on UAB, mm. and the line's held steady. 
which makes me kind of like Northern Illinois. Which makes me kind of like Northern Illinois plus two and a half. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the Frisco Bowl, San Diego State and Ohio, uh, you got to play on this one? I'm sitting this one out. I am taking San Diego State plus the points. Uh, so we'll be getting this San Diego State plus three. And, uh, and that's lock agreement with Tom. All right. Yeah, I I just had this hunch. I had to write this up for um, one of our CBSSports.com previews. And as you're going through it, it was kind of like, man, how did this team get to this bowl game? And I, I just wonder if with a little bit of time to catch their breath and, and heal their wounds, that they, they don't come out here and uh, and just, just execute at a high level and play one of their best games of the season. You say, how did San Diego State get to this bowl game? Yeah. I mean, and they 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 just with all the injuries you're saying, yeah. Thirty six yeah. missed games by starters this year combined. Wow. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I mean, get them get a little healthy, lick their wounds a little bit, limber up in Frisco. Uh, yeah, I could. I'm. I'm I could see that for sure. And finally, uh, Marshall and South Florida. Looks like Tom does not have a pick. You kind of teased it. You taking Marshall? I'm 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 in on this one. I like this one. I I just sort of when I was looking at this this game, I kind of I mean who who watches a lot of Marshall during the regular season, right? Like who? <laughs> no like, joke. You have to watch some of those Conference USA games on Facebook. Yeah, like there's just no one that's out there that, as a Marshall expert that. You know, unless you got ties to the program, like you just who watches a lot of Marshall? No, no one really. And so, I just, but I, I have this sort of this this vision of like, man, every time we get to bowl season, Marshall always seems to do well. Uh, and 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 I just on a hunt, just kind of looked it up. Doc Holliday's bowl record: he's five and zero. He's never lost a bowl game, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and so. I, when I and and and, I, and and you mentioned it, like a team that just sort of grinds it out and um, plays. T- you don't really know how they're going to win, but they just figure it out. That's a that's a good bowl um, characteristic to have. Meanwhile, you got USF, University of South Fade, a team that I did not get to fade as much as I wanted this year. I should have faded them more. They've lost five straight to end the season, uh, six straight maybe, five straight, um, and. Their, their offensive coordinator is gone. Their starting quarterback is banged up. Uh, this this has all the makings of a Marshall win, if not, and, and certainly a cover. So, um, I what was the line? I didn't even look. It's, good, dro- so it's dropping. And it's dropping. Yeah. All right. And so, I'm, where, where am I going to get this at? Uh, two and a half? Two and a half. All right. So, give me Marshall minus two and a half um and uh yeah that this is uh, i'm gonna trust doc holiday over uh over charlie strong not a not a terribly hard sell there um i'm i i look at this game and then we've got the with you know the raymond james aspect too you're just ain't uh do you remember when the bad boy mowers bowl was actually held over in the baseball stadium and or maybe I hope I'm not messing this up. Like 
they wanted to have a halftime uh, show of the bad boy mowers doing a demonstration, but the field they were playing on was field turf. So they had to lay out some grass on the sideline so that they could have the bad boy mowers run over them. I, I don't know where the bad boy mowers will be stationed at Raymond James stadium. Uh, but I look forward uh, to seeing a mower on the top of that big old pirate ship somewhere. I, uh, man, I, I'm, I don't want to jump on it. I feel like I've got a lot of plays right now, but let me let me just say again that this is that this is a a pick that I fully endorse. I think Marshall wins this game. Yeah, yeah. Give me the grit and grind of that Marshall team. Um. So yeah, we got some. We got this is this is going to make the next week really enjoyable. The, I'm glad I, I'm glad we're playing all these games. <laughs> you we needed to have all these picks on the board because uh, like. You're going to end up watching them. I I love the bowl season in the same way that I love uh, I love high school basketball holiday invitationals. You ever you ever go to those? Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. so much fun. They're always there's always like one or two players on every single team who's a big draw, is really really talented, and the competition of the moment and sort of. The, I guess the the stakes or the unique environment can bring out some some really good performances. Uh, the the John the John Wall High School Holiday Invitational is held at my old high school, Broughton High School here in Raleigh. I always, if I can, try to get over there so that I can watch it. And yeah, it doesn't impact conference championship races or state championship races, but man, it's it's good stuff. So I'm I'm all for uh, these competitive exhibition games. Yeah. Yeah, I, and uh, it's it's fun to because we don't. I mean, we just don't have the time to watch all the games, and it's fun to get a chance to see a couple of these teams that we didn't get didn't get enough of a look at. So let's roll. One hundred percent. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Barton, thank you very much. Are coming. Come get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover.